the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is pre-recorded. Opinions expressed may not reflect those of Salem Media of Colorado or its sponsors. This is Life in Colorado, a radio news magazine about the issues, events, and the unique life we live in the Centennial State. Welcome to Life in Colorado. I'm Mark Howington, and with me is Fran Lanzer. You are the executive director for Colorado Mad. That's Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Fran, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. I'm really honored to be here. Fran, 40 years ago is when MAD got started. Talk a little bit about your history. Yes, we were started in 1980 by a mother whose daughter was killed by a drunk driver. And since then, we've continued our work to save lives and to support victims and survivors of drunken drug driving. Uh, in that time, we've, we've had some great success because of the efforts of our, the victim survivors, the volunteers, and the supporters we work with. We've been able to reduce drunk driving deaths by 50%. So we've saved a lot of lives. Actually, almost 400,000 lives, we estimate, have been saved over that time frame. Uh, however, uh, we do know that in 2018, 10,511 people were killed by drunk drivers on our roads here in the U.S. And that's 10,511 more lives that we need to save, right? Because drunk driving, drugged driving, uh, both are 100% preventable if people choose to plan ahead and, and have a safe way to get home. And we'll talk about that planning ahead aspect of it. Talk about, however, how do you, how is it that you've been able to reduce the the drunk driving or the drug driving? Yeah, I'm assuming that part of it is you've launched campaigns. Certainly I've seen ads on TV that, that talk about uh, taking a cab, for example, as an alternative. But talk about the work that you do and how that has had that impact. Yeah, we have, uh, we're working on a lot of fronts, I guess, to find a lot of different solutions to the, the issue of impaired driving. And for many years, we were focused in on drunk driving, and now we focus on any sort of substance impaired driving. So whether it's impairment from alcohol, marijuana, uh, other legal drugs like prescription drugs, or even illegal drugs, you know, anything that, that someone's going to take into their body that's going to affect the, their ability to drive. Uh, we know that that means that they're not safe and that they could cause an injury or, or a fatality. So we want to, one, we're reaching out to the general public. We want to raise awareness. You know, 40 years ago, people didn't know what a designated driver was, and, and now they do. And we also have, you know, new technologies that have come online, things like Uber and Lyft. Uh, we've got self-driving cars in the mix now. And so we, we are working to provide more options and raise awareness so that people are, are making the right choice they're planning ahead. At the same time, we've also been working to strengthen our laws. Here in Colorado, in 2015, we were able to pass a felony DUI law, for example. Uh, prior to that, Colorado, you know, as, as many DUIs as you got, it was always a misdemeanor. I think the most I heard in that time we were working on that bill was uh, someone who had 17 priors, and it was a misdemeanor every time. So uh, we wanted to, to strengthen our laws uh, to make sure that the people who are making the bad choice to get behind the wheel impaired, to endanger other people on our roads, uh, they are held accountable. And uh, we've also been working on 
ignition interlock is a big part of our push. Uh, ignition interlocks are they're basically in-car breathalyzers. Uh, and for people who've gotten a DUI, they get an ignition interlock installed in their car. They have to prove that they're sober before they can start their car. And those devices reduce repeat offenses by two-thirds. So it's been a big part of our push, uh, in addition to just you know, generally pushing for more technology to, again, give people more options and also to prevent uh, impaired driving arrests. And so those have been a couple of our, our big pushes. Uh, in addition to that time, uh, we did a lot of work with uh, law enforcement uh, supporting impaired driving uh, detection. So the standard field sobriety test, the, the roadside tests that, um, you know, like walking the line, uh, you know, things people might be familiar with from, from watching TV, for example, uh, those are, are, that's something that came online after 1980 as well. Uh, there's also the drug recognition expert program, which allows uh, officers to detect different types of drugs that impaired drivers may have been using. And so working with our law enforcement partners, not only to make sure that uh, we're supporting their efforts to take impaired drivers off our roads, uh, but also making sure that they have the, the training and the expertise to detect impaired driving. Uh, that's a key part of our, our push as well. So uh, again, on a, on a variety of levels, um, a variety of areas, we're working hard to find solutions to impaired driving. You know, and I appreciate all that you are involved in. In fact, we want to talk as we get uh, a little further down the road about volunteer opportunities for people to help out with this. But let's go back to something that you said about uh, it's not just alcohol, because obviously that's a big problem. Uh, alcohol has been probably the most readily available drug, so to speak. Um, but uh, especially with uh, marijuana becoming legal here in Colorado and now in, in several other states, uh, I'm sure that's a problem. But, you know, I, I, I'm trying to remember if it was a, a TV ad that I saw or if it was a news conference, but I remember there was also discussion about, you know, what if you're taking a, a over, even an over-the-counter medication, but it causes drowsiness and therefore causes you to be impaired. And so talk about that aspect. It's, it's not just limited to alcohol anymore. The, you know, when you, someone, if they get the prescription bottle, typically there's a warning uh, if the drug is going to cause them to be unsafe to drive or operate machinery. And for Colorado, our DUI law is not specific to a type of substance. It's basically any impairing substance. So it's, it's not just alcohol or marijuana also applies to any sort of prescription drugs. You know, um, uh, un unfortunately, opioids are in the news a lot uh, lately. Uh, those are, are drugs that uh, can be prescribed legally. They can be taken legally. Uh, and uh, it's also illegal to drive when you're under the influence of an opioid. Uh, so a lot of pain medication, sleep medication in particular, um, is another area of concern. You know, ambience and these things that uh, make you really drowsy and would, would make you unable to operate a vehicle safely. Um, so people really need to be aware of all those things. You know, with the prescription drugs, it, it's, it can be tricky. You know, I think people who, um, you know, would never probably drive impaired otherwise, you know, they, they say, this is medicine, so my doctor gave it to me. It must be safe. And we do need to be aware of, you know, anytime we take something into our body, if, if it makes you feel different, you drive different. And so, um, always need to be planning ahead and making sure that, you know, if, if you're going to have to, you know, take a trip uh, in your in your car, uh, go run some errands or something like that, uh, you're not, you know, taking pain medication and then having to go out an hour later 
uh, to drive. So something that, that we just really need to be aware of, again, uh, all of these these deaths from impaired driving, they're 100% preventable. And it's really just the, the simple step of thinking ahead and making a plan uh, so that you can be safe, so that you can keep um, our community safe and our roads safe because all of our loved ones, you know, my friends and family are on the roads with your friends and family, and we want to make sure that everybody's safe. Yeah, and I, I so appreciate your thought about uh, planning ahead. And it really, you almost don't think about it unless you think about it. And what I mean is this. First of all, you, you've talked about the publicity that you have. I've, I've seen many ad on TV about having that designated driver. But I've mentioned several times on this program because I've had an opportunity to talk about recovery programs that I was an alcoholic. And at the times that I got behind the wheel uh, were, were in, and impaired were times that I shouldn't have been behind the wheel. But some, somehow in my mind, I thought, well, I can handle this. I, I'm, I'll be okay. And, you know, I even prided myself for keeping at the speed limit and driving between the lines, and at least as far as I could perceive. Now, there's no, no telling how I really was. But the truth was, I didn't have a plan to, ahead of time. I just went to the bar, and I drank and, and, and got in the car and, and came home, which, of course, is, is how a lot of these deaths can happen. And probably exactly what I just described for myself, someone who feels like they're confident or someone who feels like I, I can handle this is probably the prime candidate, I thank God, on a regular basis that I did not hurt others or myself. So it, it, talk about that aspect in terms of, okay, obviously designated driver is one of those plans you talked about the the ride share programs that are available talk about other ways that people need to prepare mentally ahead of time especially if they think they're going to either drink or or partake in other drugs or marijuana um how can how can a person who's a rational thinker really think through this and come up with a plan you know, we are really fortunate in the Denver area. There's so many different options with rideshare like Uber and Lyft. Um, we you know we've got RTD, so light rail buses. We have taxis. And, of course, you can always, you know, if you have somebody you trust, somebody who's going to get you where you're going and get you home safe, you know, we can have a designated driver as well. So there, there are a number of different options. I think the the thing we, we really want people to, to think about is, you know, what's going to happen with your car, right? So... In some ways, impaired driving is a logistics problem. People drive their car somewhere, then they've, they've had too much to drink or they've been consuming marijuana or cannabis or you know something else, and then they have to drive home and they don't want to leave their car there. And so what we've really tried to focus on, you know, make a plan so that you just take driving out of it. You know, it's, it's an, an additional stress, an additional worry, something you have to figure out. Set up a plan where you don't, if you're going to be drinking, you're going to be consuming cannabis, just don't even take your car, you know. So, um, you know, that's where, you know, being able to take a ride share, you know, if you're, you're by a light rail or a bus stop and you can, can take public transportation or call a taxi, you know, just leave your car at home. And then you can just relax and have fun. Uh, and so in terms of making a plan, you know, we, most of us, if, if we're going we're going out uh, to socialize. We're going to meet up with some people. We're making plans already, right? We're trying to figure out who we're going to meet up, where we're going to go, what time, what we're going to wear. And so what we want people to do is just add into that. How are you going to get there? How are you going to get home safe? 
And so think about that ahead of time while, while your head's still clear, uh, while you can still make good judgments. And, and before you take your car anywhere, make a plan and make sure that you can get home safe. In addition to being res more responsible, it's also just more fun, right? You know, you don't have to worry about what's going to happen with your car. You don't have to figure things out at the end of the night. You've already got it taken care of. So uh, that's why we really want people to, to plan ahead. And that's good thinking. I, I can remember in terms of talking with a counselor and dealing with the alcohol and, and several other things that I was dealing with, the, the thought that was expressed there was even even if you're going to substitute one addiction for something healthy, you need to plan ahead of times. You know, for example, if you're dealing with depression and therefore you drink, well, find a healthy alternative ahead of time so you know if you're going to hit a low bump, then instead of going to the alcohol, for example, you're going to choose something else. For me, for example, one of my uh, go-tos is I play guitar and I love playing music and I find a lot of relief from that. So in order to not drink, I had to plan ahead to do some other activity but you're even saying, you know, if you're going to drink, that's okay. But just make sure that you plan just well ahead and take the car out of the equation. I like that thinking. That's that's a good thought. So the the unfortunate does happen. And again, I'm I'm so thankful that that I was not involved in an accident while drinking. But I also realize how easy it could have. And I I know that there have been deaths. In fact, that's how. Mothers Against Drunk Driving got started. And I'm talking with Fran Lanzer, who is the executive director of the Colorado branch. Uh, Fran, the, the unfortunate happens, and I know one of the things that you do is offer support services to victims, especially after an accident. Talk about that. Yeah, so after a crash, we are there for victims and survivors of drunk and drug driving crashes. We provide a range of services to them, uh, including uh, emotional support, resources, and as well as guidance to help them navigate the court system if there is a court case. For a lot of the, the victims that we work with, you know, drunken drug driving crashes, they happen at random. Unlike a lot of other crimes, right? A lot of murders and assaults, people know each other. Um, here we've got, you know, totally random, uh, usually between an offender and, and someone who's been victimized. And so for a lot of the victim survivors we work with, They've had no connection with the court system. Uh, they've never experienced that process. And it's, you know, if you can imagine not only going through uh, a trauma, you know, potentially the worst thing that's ever happened to you in your life, um, you know, having a loved one taken from you or, you know, suffering a, a grievous injury. You've had this incredible trauma happen and then you have to navigate this bureaucracy. And it's, you know, maybe a well-meaning bureaucracy, but it's a bureaucracy. And you know, people um, need help. They need someone to help navigate them through that system, to help explain how the court process works, and to make sure that, that their rights as a victim uh, are respected and honored and that their voice is heard in the process. And so uh, we, we are there to support victims and survivors, and we provide those support services at, at no charge. Uh, we are a nonprofit. We have to do a lot of fundraising, and the reason that we do that is so that we can provide support services to victims at no charge to them. And that's something that we provide for life because once a court case is over, it's not like things go back to normal. Um, you know, there's you know, the impacts of the injury can continue to happen. Um, you know, the recovery has to continue to happen. Uh, or if a, a loved one has been taken, you know, there's going to be anniversaries and birthdays and 
special occasions going forward where they're not going to be there and their loved ones have to figure out how to live without them. And that doesn't get better, you know, just because the court case has resolved. So we are there for as long as victims and survivors need us. And um, it's, it's something that unfortunately a lot of people don't know that we do. They do you know, usually recognize us from our work to raise awareness or our work to change laws. And a really important thing that we do is working with victims and survivors to make sure that, that they can get justice and they also have the support that they need. I was unaware of the services that you offer for support, so I'm glad we're talking about it. Let's just pause for a moment and tell tell people perhaps who have been victims of drunk driving um, how they can get in touch with you, how they can get these services is it a simple phone call? I'm assuming you have a web presence as well. So talk about your contact information. Yes, we do have a 24-7 victim support line. That's one eight seven seven mad help M-A-D-D-H-E-L-P. And that is the easiest way to connect with us. Uh, calling that number, we again have uh, victim advocates who are supporting that line, you know, answering the phone 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and it is it is a nationwide number. So uh, that number, um, you know, our victim advocates then would refer directly to an advocate here in Colorado if the crash happened here. Uh, or if, if it's someone who lives here and the crash happened in another state, that's a great way for them to get connected. Uh, also, uh, mad.org, M-A-D-D.org, uh, our website there. Uh, is another great way to get help as well. Talk about then the experience that someone would have. Let's say they 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 or a loved one was involved in a uh, drunk driving crash. They they obviously uh, were the victim of that. And they're going to pick up the phone. Obviously, they're dealing probably with a lot of as you mentioned the just the the overwhelming thought of getting through a court case, but the grief. So talk, talk about um, and maybe frame it in terms of your volunteers at the other end of the phone who are offering the support for these victims. What is that process like? I, I would be nervous to pick up a phone and, and ask for help, I think. So uh, maybe put someone at ease that might have that same trepidation. Sure. You know, our our victim advocates are just amazing people and just such you know incredible emotional intelligence and compassion. And, you know, that's, that's the person who's going to be on the other end of the line answering if someone calls. And uh, they are uh, knowledgeable. They're excellent at connecting with different resources. You know, for that, that first call uh, to our helpline, um, our victim advocates will, will listen. You know, they want to understand, you know, what's happened, what's going on. Uh, and then to try and figure out, you know, can we refer you to somebody in Colorado? Uh, and then uh, somebody from our office can then follow up and connect. And each each state's legal system is different. And actually in Colorado, even just judicial district to judicial district, uh, it can be very different. So it's really helpful to have advocates here in Colorado uh, who are able to provide support, uh, who know the local laws, who know the local jurisdictions. Um, we have great networks within uh, district attorney and, and law enforcement agencies. Uh, so that we can connect and make sure that victims are supported. And our, our victim advocates are, are just incredible. I Personally, I, I could not do what they do every day. You know, I end up doing a lot of fundraising and legislative work, and my advocates say, oh, well, we can't do that. And I was like, well, I, I can't do what you do. Um, you know, just so, uh, just 
such incredible compassion and, and support um, and knowledge that they offer to victims and survivors. So, um, like I said, you can connect 24-7 at one eight seven seven mad help M-A-D-D-H-E-L-P, uh, or online at madd.org, mad.org. Really is a team effort. So why don't we start right there, if you want, if, if we're talking now to people perhaps who would want to get involved and volunteer. So let's let's start with the uh, support advocates. Obviously, that probably would take some special training. Uh, talk about how they would get involved if they wanted to volunteer. Yeah, we have, you know, we have a, a range of volunteer activities. Now, of course, things are a little bit different right now with COVID. Uh, normally, we do have a lot of in-person events going on where people could you know, volunteer for a couple hours and help support the event. Um, those opportunities are a little bit more limited right now. Um, however, we're, we're hoping that, that things will be getting better soon and we'll be able to resume a lot of those activities. Um, so um, we, do have, um, we do have volunteers who are trained as victim advocates who um, provide support. It, it, is, it is a high level of training. Uh, so we have an online um, victim advocate training that we provide. Uh, and then we have, well, now we're doing it on Zoom, so virtual training. Uh, but we have a, a multiple-day training uh, for victim advocates to certify them. Uh, and then, of course, you know, they're able to then uh, work with our staff victim advocates to provide support on cases until they feel comfortable really working on their own. So it's a pretty extensive process. Um, a couple of things that are, are a little bit easier uh, to get involved with. Um, we do, um, you know, throughout the year, well, coming up, I guess in January again, we'll have a, a legislative session starting. And so we, we will be doing a lot of legislative advocacy. Uh, if someone you know, signs up on our email list, we will be sending out action alerts so that people can contact their legislators and ask them to uh, either you know, strengthen laws on impaired driving or uh, strengthen um, laws on victim rights. Uh, those are two big areas that we work on at the, the Capitol. So just even just signing up on our email list or following us on social media. Um, we are on, on Facebook and Instagram uh, with Mad Colorado. And so we do put out action alerts. That's an easy way that people can get involved and take action. Uh, and then uh, to learn more about other volunteer opportunities, they can go to mad.org slash Colorado uh, and click on uh, the volunteer link, and that'll allow them to, uh, to put in a volunteer application and get some more information about the different opportunities we have. You know, another big project that we, we are working on is court monitoring. So we have volunteers who are observing uh, DUI cases to see you know, how those cases are being handled by prosecutors and judges and law enforcement. Um, and we want to make sure that, that people are being held accountable. So uh, we do have monitors who are watching uh, the court process and, and reporting back. And we are in the process of gathering data so we can take a look at trends and see, you know, what best practices do we need to implement across the state to, to help improve the adjudication of DUI arrests. So there's a lot of different activities that we have. And a great way to learn more is just going to mad.org slash Colorado. Fran Lanzer, Executive Director for the Colorado Chapter of Mothers Against Drunk Driving, MAD. Uh, we talked about this at the beginning of the program, but for those who are just tuning in, you've got two minutes to give sort of the elevator speech. What is MAD? Um, tell us about your services, what you do. 
in a nutshell, we are working to save lives and to support victims and survivors. So we are seeking to eliminate drunk and drugged driving to save lives on our roads. And we provide crucial support to victims who have been impacted by drunk and drug driving crashes. And we've had great success. We've uh, limit or we've reduced uh, drunk driving crashes by, by half since we started 40 years ago. We provide support services to almost a million victims and survivors in that time. Unfortunately, we still have more to do. Uh, just this year, through July 31st in Colorado, 96 people have been killed on our roads and suspected impairment fatalities. And so we've got more work to do, and we would welcome anybody joining us as a volunteer, donor, supporter. Uh, you can find us online at matt.org slash Colorado. And Fran, again, uh, if people want to volunteer, you were telling me uh, before we actually started recording that some of your best volunteers uh, have actually gotten DUIs and they realized they needed to pay back and, and give to society. Yes, so we do an educational program called the Victim Impact Panel for people who have gotten a DUI, and we want to encourage them to make better choices to plan ahead, as we've talked about. And so some of those people, as part of their sentence for DUIs, uh, they need to do community service hours, and they are, they're able to do those with us. And then some of them, after they've completed their sentence, they come and volunteer with us. And I, it's, I think, a very powerful way for them to make a difference. You know, they've gotten a DUI. They want to make up for it. Um, we are a great way to do that uh, by getting involved in saving lives on our roads here in Colorado or providing support to victims. And Fran, one more time, uh, your contact information if people want to find out more about MAD, volunteer, or, or get involved in some way. Yes. Uh, to connect with us locally in Colorado, mad.org slash Colorado is our Colorado homepage. Uh, you can also search for MAD Colorado on Facebook or Instagram to connect with us. And then our 24-7 victim support line is one eight seven seven mad help M-A-D-D-H-E-L-P. And that's the number of people can call to get connected with a, a local victim advocate here in Colorado. Fran Lanzer, Executive Director of the Colorado Chapter of MAD, thank you for being part of Life in Colorado. If you have questions or comments about today's program, please call 303-750-5687 or email us at lifeincolorado at salemdenver.com. Life in Colorado is a public affairs presentation of Salem Media of Colorado.